sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. When breastfeeding twins, each child often has his or her own style and needs, and this is not different when it comes to the weaning process as well. Do twins typically wean at the same time, and what is the process of weaning two children? Today, I'm thrilled to welcome back to our show, Jonna Rose Feinberg, an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant in private practice in the Seattle area, the owner of Twins in Mind Consulting, and the editor of breastfeedingtwins.org. Today, we are discussing weaning twins. This is The Boob Group, episode 79. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk. What's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva. Don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk never had to pump. Breast milk. All udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. Did you know that all of our episodes are now free? Yes, that's true. We opened up our archives so that our listeners have access to all of our episodes anytime, anywhere. Just download them from our website, theboobgroup.com using our apps available at iTunes and Amazon Marketplace, or you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and have our episodes automatically added to your account each week. Today, I am joined by one lovely panelist in the studio. Stephanie, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Stephanie Adams. Um, I'm 33. I work as a doula, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have three children. I have um, a four-year-old, who's very proud to be four, Mm -hmm. um, little boy, and then I have twins that are 21 months today, a little boy and a little girl. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, also, just want to say hi to MJ, our producer, and uh, she's going to tell you about yourself, uh, or about herself, <laughs> tell you about herself. She's going to tell us a little bit about herself as well as about our virtual panelist program. Mm-hmm. I'm MJ, stay-at-home mom to Jason, who is 27 months old, and thanks to Robin, I have this wonderful opportunity um, of helping and support other mamas through their breastfeeding journey. Um, I'm really passionate about breastfeeding and uh, about passion about helping others so I'm really thankful to be in this position Uh, one of my duties as the producer is to bring you into this studio but also to um, bring the um, the other mamas that can't get into the studio over the internet um, to join our conversation so our virtual panelist program is a way for anyone to give their opinions and share their experiences even if you can't be here physically so if you like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter using the hashtag boot group 
RSVP. Uh, recording day, we post questions so you can join the conversation. We may even read your comment um, in the episode, and you may even win a one-month subscription to the Boo Group Club. Awesome. Well, yes. thanks, MJ. Thank you. <coughs> Sounds familiar. <coughs> if your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Hi, Boob Group. My name is Autumn, and I am the co-owner and founder of Tailored Fitness the solution for helping busy moms find time to exercise. Once you recover from the delivery of your baby, one of the things that's probably on your mind is getting back into your pre-pregnancy clothes. The great news is that you can, with a combination of healthy eating and exercise. The bad news is, is that it might take a while. Remember, it took you nine months to gain the pregnancy weight, and it takes most women about nine to 12 months to lose it. One of the ways you can speed up the progress is by including strength exercises into your workout routine. Most women's workouts consist mostly of walking and running. While these are great activities, they're not the fastest way to fit back into your genes. Strength training will help you build lean muscle tone, which increases your metabolism, so you will burn more calories just at rest. Speaking of calories, remember, it's important that your daily caloric intake stays above 1,500. Plus, add on more calories to make up for the ones you burn during your workouts, so that you don't risk lowering your milk supply. To learn some strength exercises specifically for new moms, visit MyTailoredFitness.com. Try one of our trainer-designed workouts and keep tuning into the boob group. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today on the Boob Group, we are discussing weaning twins. Our expert, Jonna Rose Feinberg, is an international board certified lactation consultant in private practice in the Seattle area. She's also the owner of Twins in Mind Consulting and the editor of breastfeedingtwins.org. Hello, Jonna, and welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's always fun. <laughs> so, Jonna, how does a mother of twins figure out when it is a good time to wean her twins? Is this something that she decides, something the kids decide, or somewhere a combination of both? You know, it really depends on the family. So some families decide to wean their twins at a specific age. Maybe they set a goal of six months or 12 months, or for twins, sometimes it's 12 months adjusted age. Or sometimes they want to keep breastfeeding through a particular season, through the winter because of cold and flu. Or, you know, it it really varies from family to family. I think that some families 
set goals early on and then revise them. Maybe most of us set goals early on and then revise them. Um, but that could mean breastfeeding longer than they'd planned or weaning earlier. So I think it's really important to just be really flexible. Okay. And do moms of twins tend to wean earlier than mothers of singletons? You know, I, I looked. There's not much data one way or the other. But anecdotally, I think that breastfeeding can be more challenging with twins. So I think it's likely that many moms who start out planning to breastfeed might wean very early. But once you get past any early hurdles, I don't know that the rates are too different. Breastfeeding twins can really make you feel like a super mom with the power to calm two babies at once, and that's really powerful. So I think maybe that helps keep moms going, even though, you know, it's kind of a juggle with the two babies. But super mom. Super mom. I love it. Um, So, Stephanie, how old were your twins when you started the weaning process? And was this something you initiated, something they initiated, or a little bit of combination of the both? Um, My twins were... Uh, 10 months when we started the weaning process and it was a combination of of the two it was um a bit of a, a back and forth struggle for I would say a good eight weeks until we finally made the decision we need to start the weaning process and what kind of struggle was going on um I was I began struggling with um, reoccurring mastitis over and over and over for about eight weeks straight and it took I tried everything to cure it and finally we kind of figured out that um, one of the twins was sort of gnawing on me as he was nursing and causing just injury to the exit, which kept causing clogs and infection. And so um, I was just really sick a lot and exhausted and kind of worn down. So that sort of wore me down a little bit to, to keep going. And I just really didn't know what the solution was to stop the gnawing um, that he was doing. And so um and then they also started backing off on feedings in the middle of the day and really taking to the sippy cups. And so we just sort of, I took that as a sign of like, I need some good energy to help <laughs> all my kids. And they're starting to back off and this is r- becoming really painful. And um, so that's sort of where the process ended up for us. Okay. And Jonna, are there times when moms of twins might just breastfeed one child and wean the other? And if this is so, why, why would this happen? Well, it certainly happens. Um, it often happens early on. So sometimes there's one baby that has um, some health issues or a really hard time latching, and that mom might decide that she's going to breastfeed one baby and wean the other early on to express milk or, or the formula. Um, once the babies are older, they definitely differentiate into separate little people. So it's not uncommon for one baby to be ready to wean before the other. Um, but they tend to kind of urge each other on. So... Ah, twins. Um, it's also really common for, for there to be one that's really active, avid, and the other is just kind of a follower, you know? So, yeah. Okay. And um, Stephanie, did the weaning process happen with both of your kids at the same time, or were you finding that maybe your daughter was on there a little bit more than your, the, your gnawing son? <laughs> um, the weaning process did happen at the same time because um, I sort of set a schedule for it and, and initiated it. Um, however, my daughter would have preferred to keep going. And the, so there were times where I did allow her to keep going because she wasn't the one that was injuring me. And she was happy with it, but she was also okay kind of going either way. Yeah. Yeah. Jonna, what are some tips um, for weaning when one child wants to wean and maybe the other one doesn't? Yeah, balancing the different needs of multiples is always a challenge. So in this case, I think it really depends what mom wants to do. So it might be that having one twin still nursing will encourage the other to continue. And if mom isn't ready to wean, that can be a really useful force. 
if she's ready. Sometimes she wants to use the twin pressure in the opposite direction to wean both babies at once. If one twin does wean before the other, it's important to remember that weaning from breastfeeding doesn't mean weaning from cuddling. So you want to be sure that you continue to have snuggle time with both twins, even if they aren't both breastfeeding. It could be story time or back rubs or massages or, I don't know, even wrestling in some families is the kind of physical behavior that gets people that kind of connection that they need. And I would imagine snuggle time has not ended in your house, Stephanie. (laughs) No. (laughs) I've seen pictures of her kids. They are edible. (laughs) Not that even, not not that the cutest, you know, only get the cuddles, but oh man, they're they're pretty yummy. It's a pretty constant rotation in my house. I'm always holding someone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. When we come back, Jonna will discuss ways to gently wean twins and we'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the show. We are here chatting with uh, Jonna Rose Feinberg over the phone, and she is an international board certified lactation consultant in private practice in the Seattle area. So, Jonna, how does weaning twins differ by age? Um, can you kind of break it down if we're looking at a six month old versus a 10 month old and a year and 18 months and beyond? Yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, anytime you're weaning from breastfeeding under a year, you're going to need to replace the breast milk with pumped milk, with donor milk, or with formula. Um, and at those ages, breast milk or formula is still the primary source of nutrition. So that's, that's really important. You're still talking about a nutritional relationship and not just an emotional one. And after a year, I think weaning becomes more about the emotional process. It's not, breast milk continues to have benefits for as long as you're breastfeeding, but after a year, you don't need to be worrying about that one-to-one replacement with another food source. So then you start talking about replacing more of the emotional connection. So that's introducing a levy or some more snuggling to help transition that process. And by 15 to 18 months, it's more of a communal process, right? Toddlers have enough receptive language ability to understand setting some limits on breastfeeding, which is part of making a really gradual process toward weaning, but also a more accelerated one. When you talk about much older twins, it's likely that you've already set some limits to your breastfeeding relationships. Um, maybe it's breastfeeding in certain places or you've already done some night weaning. So at that point, you're kind of continuing a process that you've probably already started and you're building on those prior limits and those negotiations. Okay. And, um, you know, a lot of moms of singletons will talk about that they start weaning when babies start to seem really distracted. So does the fact that... um, nurslings that are their twins have a partner um, to help kind of twins power f- through these distractible ages? Do you find the peer pressure makes the dis- more distractible one decide that they want to get back, hop back on the, the booby train? <laughs> Sometimes they do. It's also really, really good if you have one twin that's having a nursing strike, you've got another one to maintain your supplies. So that's really handy. Um, or if they're just, you know, they're kind of popping on and off. Um, twins are pretty good at distracting each other. But they're also really good at tuning each other out. So sometimes they really motivate each other, and sometimes it's like they're just oblivious, and it just really depends on the circumstance. Sometimes it's really funny, though, because if you've got one baby who's actively nursing 
and they're triggering a letdown, and the other baby's distracted and looking across the room, they could suddenly end up with milk in the eye. <laughs> it's actually really funny, and it totally happens. So, you know, it kind of goes either way. Stephanie, you were laughing. Can you totally picture a time when that happened? Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> um, Stephanie, what did the weaning process look like for you and your children, and how long did this process take? Um, the weaning process, um, you know, it, how it looked was we finally, we kind of came to a point where I was having these reoccurring infections, and I kind of just uh, had decided I had tried everything to stop it, and that weaning was, was the next best thing. And... Um, and so what I did was I listed out all the feedings in the day and their times and sort of ranked them by um, priority and, and which one I felt would be the easiest to go. And sort of we dropped the easiest ones first. And so we would we dropped the, you know, before the afternoon nap one and replaced that with snuggles and books and other things and then waited about three to five days and dropped the next one and then the next one after that and so it was about a month-long process of dropping the different feedings and then replacing it with um, the sippy cup the formula the snuggles lots of just readjustment Um, the one that I was worried about dropping the 4 a.m. one um, the one that I wanted to drop the last um, was interesting because I heard them sort of whimpering at four in the morning and I thought I'm gonna give it five minutes and um, they stopped whimpering and then that was it. That was it. They were done. <laughs> they were done. <laughs> so the hardest one actually ended up being probably the easiest was, one to get rid of. It like, was the smoothest. Yeah. Oh that's too funny. Yeah. Jonna what was your weaning process? Oh well I, I weaned a lot later than that. Once we got through, we had a, a really rough start to breastfeeding, but once we got through that, I was sort of like, wow, this is this is working out okay. I guess I don't need to do anything right now. And I just kept waiting and nothing, we were not having late challenges that motivated that kind of change. So we were, we were past age two. So nursing at that age looks totally different, right? It, it was just these occasional, it mostly had to do with sleep. And so that was around the age that we started making sure you know, I started, like, extracting myself from the sleep process. Like, oh, I'm going, I'm not going to be home at nap time. Somebody else is sitting them down for their nap, which had happened before. But sort of seeing that that could happen enabled me to kind of cut back on those and cut back on those. And what finally did it was that I was out of town for a conference by that point. So I was away for about three days, which was kind of the very last, like, oh, okay, we can get through these days without, without nursing. I guess we're done. But it was a really gradual process leading up to that. Did you have to pump it all towards the end or it was, you were just down to kind of that one feeding? We were, we cut back gradually enough that I didn't have to pump. I mean, there were a couple of days of like, oh, I think I'm going to like go stand in the shower for a couple of minutes. But it it was just so gradual that, that it wasn't really an issue by that point. Stephanie, did you find that, did you feel uncomfortable like physically during the weaning process or was it a fairly smooth transition as well? I did because um, the the clogging continued to happen through the weaning process because my son continued to just gnaw as he nursed. And so there was really no stopping that process. So he continued to injure. So I would continue to have the, um, um, the clogs and everything. So even when the we were officially done with the nursing. I still had to pump to kind of move, move it all out as it as it healed. Okay. How mm-hmm. long did that take? About a week. Um, but I was taking the no more milk tea to help slow everything down, and that really did help um, 
slow my flow. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. It's you're the second person who has talked about that today. So Earth Mama Angel Baby has a no more milk tea, which I can't believe I knew nothing about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Jonna, do, does the don't offer, don't refuse work for twins? <laughs> That's a good weaning technique when babies are older. It is not as straightforward as it is with a singleton because if you have one twin requesting to nurse, then the other is really likely to follow suit, even if they didn't make the initial request and might not have thought of it on their own. <laughs> Sometimes they do this sort of jealous nursing thing, like, well, that one's getting snuggle time, so I guess I'm going to jump in there. <laughs> so I, I think a lot of moms who are gently weaning their older twins use, like, a, I don't know, rarely offer and sometimes refuse kind of approach, you know, it's like modified from the don't offer, don't refuse. So maybe they, they sometimes invite the second nursling to join in if they think that that baby's going to want to nurse five minutes later and they're like, we're just, we're going to knock this out at once. Or they might set some limits about not nursing. You know, we're, we're not, nobody's going to nurse right now. I think that um, a lot of the ways that, that moms with twins limit breastfeeding in general work really well with twins. So maybe limiting the length of feedings to a certain count. You know, we're going to nurse for the count of 10 or we're going to nurse for the count of 20 or limiting nursing to certain locations, which could be anything from we're only going to nurse when we're at home or we're only going to nurse in this one specific chair. You know, it can be as, as vague or as specific as it needs to be for that family. And that can be a really useful tool. And actually combining those two approaches is often really useful when you're, when you're um, trying to, to encourage along a gentle weaning process. Things like the, if, you're, if you have some limits on location, then if the child has to extract themselves from the playroom or, you know, wherever the activity is to go nurse in that kind of offering and refusing approach. If they have to leave the playroom to nurse, then only the kid who really wants to is going to leave the playroom to nurse. And so maybe the other kid won't tag along as much as they might if you just sit down in the middle of the room and everybody just kind of climbs on. (laughs) So you kind of, you know, you play with it a little bit. Okay. And so kind of following what you were discussing, Jonna, what, what are some weaning tips that are, that are unique to twins that can be helpful? Well, so before I talk about weaning, I want to back up for just a second, because one of the things that I think can impact weaning twins is if you've had babies who only nurse on one side, and then when you start to change how they're, how they're breastfeeding, you can get a little uncomfortable. So even before weaning, I would say you want to encourage a little bit of variation in position so that your babies might be more willing to go back and forth from one side to the other in case you've got one one twin who weans uh, earlier than the other. Um, you can, of course, you can breastfeed from just one breast if that's how it turns out. Like this, my right-sided baby is going to keep nursing and my left-sided baby is done. And, you know, your body is fabulous and it will adjust. But for comfort, if you can rotate things a little bit, that helps. Um, for later weaning, you really want to give yourself time to, to talk about weaning with your nurslings. Maybe to, as we talked about before, to introduce new routines to get comfort from the other parent. To, as Stephanie was talking about, you know, transitioning that we're going to get up and we're going to have a meal instead of nursing right away, or somebody else is going to do nap time. Um, and that stuff is, is pretty true for a singleton and for twins. And I think, and this is also true for everyone, but I think the most important thing is to just follow your own heart. I think that moms to breastfeed twins are it's already a pretty small and a really awesome group. And there aren't any rules, really, because they're not, they don't have so many role models. You get to kind of pave your own way and figure out what the right age is for you or the right method for yourself. And then seek out support 
and you need it. And especially for mom's twins, and especially if you're weaning older twins, that support might really come from an online community. It, it tends to be that we don't know a lot of other women in our immediate communities are making the same the same parenting choices. Whatever those parenting choices are, it's just it's a smaller community. So it's nice to be able to look beyond your immediate community to get some support and resources and guidance for moms that have been there. Whether that's, you know, how do I physically juggle weaning twins at six or eight months because up until now I've been tandem nursing and so how do I transition to these bottles, whether it's that stage or whether it's I have these toddlers and this one wants to and that one doesn't and how do I get through that or what have other people done. So really seeking advice from moms who have been there wherever you can find those moms I think is really important. Do you have any tips on where to find these? Because I know I was doing some research before, um, but while I was coming up with the questions I was going to ask you, and there are so few resources out there for moms of twins, um, especially breastfeeding moms of twins. So any any online resources that you generally love? Well, I think probably I should compile some on the breastfeeding twin site so that they're there and easy to find. There are some, some people who have blogged about their experiences, and they kind of they range from, you know, we hit six months, which was my goal, and I'm done now, like I want my body back, to I've got these three-year-olds, and, like, I guess we're kind of weaning now. So it's nice to be able to, to sort of read those stories and that range of stories. I think that for, um, for especially for people who are making uh, extended breastfeeding kinds of choices, um, that looking for um, parenting communities on someplace like mothering.com or um, there are a couple of attachment parenting and natural parenting twins groups on Facebook and, and otherwise that, <coughs> excuse me, there are a couple of other groups. Facebook for naturally parenting twins is a resource that you can start to find those communities of like-minded people. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jonna, and to Stephanie um, for helping us understand the unique circumstances around weaning twins. And um, for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show as Jonna will discuss options for a mom who wants to partially wean. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So here's a question from one of our listeners. This is from Heather, and this is what she wrote. My baby is four weeks old, and ever since he was born, I have nursed him. But at the hospital, they suggested to me that I should give him formula because he wouldn't nurse for very long, usually about 15 minutes every four hours or longer, and that I was having a hard time waking him up. They also said that since I had a cesarean, that my milk would be delayed. Now my baby is four weeks old, And I still nurse him, but he nurses for an hour, then he will pull off, he won't go back on, then he cries and cries and acts like he is still hungry. So then I will give him about three ounces until he's satisfied. When I pump, I'm only getting about two ounces out of both breasts. 
which is about one ounce per breast. And I pump every two hours as well. And I'm on goat's rue, milk thistle, fenugreek, and a medicine my doctor gave me. I take these three times a day and I have never felt full. What else can I do to help make my milk completely come in? Thanks, Heather. Hi, Heather. This is Andrea Blanco. I'm an international board-certified lactation consultant out of South Florida. First, let me say that your baby is very lucky to have such a dedicated mama like you who is persistent in her efforts to breastfeed her baby and increase her supply. A few things jump out when I listen to your concerns. The first question I have is if you've been able to get to have the breastfeeding evaluated in person by a knowledgeable international board-certified lactation consultant. Some things that I would look for is how effective baby is at transferring milk. Sometimes it isn't a supply issue at all and is more related to baby's inability to move the milk effectively from the breast, which can then in turn cause a supply issue. The second question I have is whether or not you may have other markers for low milk supply and or insufficient glandular tissue. I think in general, healthcare providers who may not understand how breastfeeding works tend to think it's always the mama who's having the difficulty, but in reality, it can be the baby or at the very least a combination of both mother and baby. I encourage you to seek out professional help from an international board-certified lactation consultant in your area who can help you assess things like milk transfer and rule out any other possible causes for low milk supply. Congratulations on your baby's birth. Thanks so much. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, and our show, Parent Savers, for moms and dads with newborns, infants, and toddlers. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.